finally find your healthy balance. Welcome to the Healthy Balance Me podcast, a place where you can hear from experts in the health, wellness and fitness fields. Each week, I'll catch up with a variety of specialists who will give you practical advice to help you achieve your healthy, balanced lifestyle without missing out on actually enjoying it. Join Dr. Lael and I as we discuss how the foods you choose and how often you eat them can affect your general health and the health of your teeth and gums as well. In this episode, we discuss tips to keep in mind when choosing your meals and snacks, as well as oral health recommendations to keep your smile healthy. Start with the nutrition side of things, and then I'm going to hand over to Lael to describe the, the, the interchange between nutrition and dentistry and how the two combine and work together um, and are very important together. So um, I have a company called Healthy Balanced Me. I'm an integrative um, health coach. Um, I work primarily with women um, around mainly weight loss issues and achieving a healthy balance. So I firmly believe that everybody is completely individual. You know, our diet is different for everybody. What works for us as an individual might not work for somebody else. Um, and I think, unfortunately, the diet industry doesn't necessarily have us think that it persuades us that we should all eat in a certain way and we could all lose weight. Um, so I work with people to actually find out what works for them, what, what, what is a healthy balance for them, you know, how, how that can fit in well with their lifestyle. Um, and I'm a huge believer in balance. You know, we have to eat our fruits and vegetables. We have to eat plenty of fiber, but we also need some treats in life to keep us sane. So whether that's a burger or it's a chocolate bar or a piece of cake, you know, no food should be off limit. There's, there's room in our life for all types of different foods. As long as we're eating a balance of those foods and the right balance for us, then that's the most important thing. Um, so there's really sort of four pillars that we could use to describe health um, and they're around rest, food, movement and sleep. And we really need a balance in all of those different pillars. So, you know, food, it's not just what we put in our mouths. What we put in our mouths is kind of the end point. It's why we're putting that food in our mouths. And there's, there's a huge number of reasons about why we eat the way that we do, why we live our lifestyles the way that we do, you know, from genetics to family histories, to limiting beliefs, to habits, just the way that we've been brought up and our families have always been and that's how we behave as well. So I spend a lot of time working with women and coaching them and helping them look at themselves and looking at that balance around their whole entire life. Um, and then we get to the end point of food. But it's not about restriction. It's about adding different things to your life so that food then doesn't become the center so that we can find some balance. Um, and this is a great quote. quote you, you cannot out-diet or out-exercise too much stress or too little sleep. All the four elements work, work very well together and they all have to be in balance. Um, so starting with rest. Um, and I think this is the, one of the ones that we probably neglect most, um, particularly as women, um, particularly if you've got young children, if you've got family and you've got elderly relatives, I think we don't spend enough time allowing ourselves to rest, switching our phones off, walking away from the TV and our phones, reading a book, 
meditating, yoga, just sitting outside and drinking our coffee in the garden or on the balcony in the mornings, just allowing our minds just to, to rest and, and process the day ahead or process what's gone on through the day. So rest isn't necessarily about sleep. It's about allowing our minds to rest and process. And it's hugely important. And being outside in nature is hugely important for rest as well. Um, moving on to movement. Um, again, movement is hugely important, but there is no one size fits all solution. Um, and again, a lot of the clients that I work with, they feel like they should be running or I should be going to Zumba or I should be doing this class and my friend's doing this and it's working great. Why is this not working for me? And again, it's completely individual. If you're forcing yourself to do something and you're putting yourself under stress to do something, it's not going to work for you. It's not what's putting your body in balance. So it may be if you're starting out on your fitness journey, it's going for a walk every evening, taking your dog for a 10 minute walk or just going for a walk around the block. It's really finding what works for you, what fits in with your lifestyle and what you, you enjoy doing. I mean, if you hate running, why force yourself to go running three times a week, five kilometers if you don't enjoy it? You know, it's, it's not going to be any fun. So I work with people to help them find what works for them and then we can build on that and build on the things that they do enjoy doing. Um, so that's movement. Um, and then on to sleep. Sleep is another huge area and there's an awful lot of people think that we're in almost a sleep deprivation um, I was going to say pandemic, I don't want to use that word right now, <laughs> epidemic maybe, you know, that people just don't get enough sleep. The average adult needs seven to nine hours of sleep on a regular basis every single night. And very few people are getting that sleep, getting that good quality sleep. And it's at when we're sleeping that our body processes the food that we put into it. It's when our bodies recover and they rest and they digest and they do all the different functions that they need to do to keep us healthy and strong. Um, and if we're not getting enough sleep, then our bodies aren't able to do that. And there's, there's huge numbers of reasons why people aren't getting enough sleep. Mobile phones is a huge issue. TVs in bedrooms is an issue. <laughs> people, sitting up till one, two o'clock in the morning watching the Netflix series, um, which I'm sure plenty of people are doing at the moment when they're staying safe at home, yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, but I think it's something that we all need to be aware of and there's, there's a huge amount of tips and tricks that you can use to help you get a better night's sleep um, and allow yourself to relax in the evenings so that you are ready to go to sleep, that your body's producing the melatonin and it's allowing yourself to relax and allowing you to go to sleep. So again, that's another thing that I work on with my clients. So whilst their main focus might, they might think their main focus is food, there's lots of reasons why their diet isn't maybe as good as it could be. And if you're not getting enough sleep and if you're not getting enough rest, we all know what we're like when we haven't had enough sleep. You almost have a hangover and then you start making poor choices the next day. You don't exercise because you're too tired or you don't eat the foods that you might normally eat because you just can't be bothered to make them. You're too tired. You're just going to get food delivery for that quick energy burst. So all of these things are really interlinked together. And then moving on to food. And this is where we're going to tie in with Dr. Leal in a minute. 
Um, and I think from the diet perspective, a lot of people think that there is a certain way that they should be eating. So maybe somebody's telling them you should do a keto diet or you should do the Atkins diet or I don't know, no carbs before Marbs or, you know, there's so many different diets and so many people swear by this diet worked for me, this diet worked for me. Um, and if it's not working for you, it can be really disheartening. And I think as women, um, there's a huge number of us have grown up in our culture of yo-yo dieting with Weight Watchers and Slimming World. Um, and it's all about restriction. You can't eat chocolate. You can't eat this. You can't eat that. You don't eat carbs. You don't eat fats. You don't eat da 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 da. da. And the more you take out and make them a restriction, the more you crave them and you desperately want to eat them. Um, so for me, that's the next area that I would focus on working with food. Um, and I know Dr. Leal takes a very mm -hmm. medicine approach to dentistry as well. Um, and working on an individual basis and what works for an individual in terms of the food they're eating and the impact that that is having then on their dental health. I'll talk to you a bit about food, uh, nutrition and uh, dentistry. Great, thank you, Sarah. That was really informative and I 100% support everything you said. I mean, it's all about balance at the end of the day and for a healthy overall, both oral and physical well-being all over it like you always have everything to be in balance whether it's sleep rest nutrition exercise you know it's all important um, yeah, so the rest of this uh, the rest of this uh, talk is going to focus pretty much on um, on the importance of nutrition on oral health and a lot of people tend not to really make a very big relationship between that a lot of people tend to focus just on the oral hygiene aspect oh, i got a cavity my gums are bleeding i'm not brushing well or i'm brushing too hard so i really find it important for a person to be aware of everything that's going into your body is also affecting your teeth and gums at the end of the day um so so to go forward over here. So I'm just going to start off by uh, talking about foods that are important for oral health. I mean, there is a direct relationship between diet and oral health. So the same healthy foods that are usually considered for, you know, for good physical health is also important for oral health. So uh, there are three main categories that I always uh, you know, where I always recommend that people look into foods that are very high in calcium and phosphorus. These are very good for healthy gums and healthy uh, teeth. And you can easily find them in milk and cheese, nuts and meat. Uh, for people who avoid dairy, who are lactose intolerant, very easily you can find calcium in uh, very leafy vegetables as well, like uh, spinach or even broccoli. Um, other foods that are also beneficial for teeth, you'll be surprised, is that when you look into crunchy fruits and vegetables like apples and carrots, that's very good because what it does is that it stimulates your saliva production. So it kind of cleans out your mouth without you having to actually brush. Uh, it stimulates salivary flow, so it's removing all the food particles and bacteria from in between your teeth. Um, another thing also, if you have fruits and vegetables that are high in water content, like if you look at cucumbers, you know, 96% water, you look at oranges, I mean, high vitamin C and over 85% water content. This also is very good because it dilutes the sugars in your mouth and gives the bacteria less, let's say, sugar and uh, acid to work with. So less damage on your teeth. So 
to go into the, the main categories, I'm just going to mention like with regards to acidic and sugary foods, I mean, these are usually, they have the worst effect on your teeth, especially on the outer tooth structure, which is called the enamel. Um, I mean, look, I'm not here to tell you what you should and should not do. I mean, it's okay to indulge in foods and chocolate and whatever, you know, life is meant to be enjoyed at the end of the day. Uh, but what I... The whole point of this is for you to be aware of your con of your uh, choices and to understand the consequences as well. Because at the end of the day, dentistry, I mean, we always think about, ah, oh, going to a dentist is very stressful, it's expensive, but no, neglect is expensive. It's all about prevention. Um, so to go back to this, um, so I just want you to keep in mind that the outer tooth structure, the tooth enamel, it does not grow back. It gets weaker over time. Um, if there's like a digestive problem, acid reflux, uh, what happens that you end up with weak enamel, cracked teeth, this can result basically in more sensitivity, weaker teeth, and even yellower teeth with time. Uh, another source of high acid could be from your diet, especially like there's this trend, you know, with drinking lemon water in the morning. I mean, great, it's good for your gut and everything, but at the same time, if you're drinking it all day, uh, you're brushing your teeth right after, you're also damaging the enamel at the end of the day. So again, it's all about being conscious about the after effects. You know, if you're gonna have your lemon water, sure, have it over 10, 15 minutes, rinse with plain water after. So that's uh, what it comes to the uh, acidic foods. With regards to sugar foods, I mean, again, I'm a, I love my chocolate. I'm not gonna tell you no. Uh, you can enjoy it for sure, but just make sure to, like whenever you have ch chocolate, also have a sip of water after, rinse it out. This way you won't give the bacteria anything to really work with. Um, at the same time, if you find some of the chocolate sticky, don't let it sit on your teeth for too long. Just, you know, go brush your teeth quickly, uh, have sugar-free chewing gum just to stimulate salivary production as well. Okay, we'll go to the next slide. Uh, another thing here I'd like to mention is regarding drinks. I mean, great plain water is, the healthiest thing you can have, but you can't only have that for sure. Um, apart from the sugar content of drinks, uh, it's also important to start looking at the acidic component again, uh, especially when it comes to coffee and tea. Again, you can enjoy your cup of coffee in the morning or during the day, but try not to have a cup of coffee over three, four, five hours. Don't brush your teeth right after. It is recommended to wait usually around 30 minutes uh, after your coffee before uh, brushing your teeth. The reason is because when you go ahead and brush after having something acidic, it's like you're scraping your teeth, basically. So you really don't want that. Okay, it gets quite abrasive. And uh, another thing also with regards to fizzy drinks, uh, for instance, soda water. Okay, I mean, it is kind of the healthier option, but again, fizz, if you have too much of it, it can also damage your teeth and the enamel, making it more porous, you end up with more sensitivity and eventually more decay. So the whole point from all this is just, again, be aware of what could happen. I mean, how, you know, life again is meant to be enjoyed you know, but uh, at the same time, you need to think of the consequences. Always prevention is key. That's, uh, that's the way, I mean, it's all about balance. And I don't know if anyone wants to add on that. I'll get no, 100% agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm sitting here and I'm just giving, no, you shouldn't do this. No, you shouldn't do that. But again, no, I mean, again, I, look, I love my coffee. I love my chocolate, but you need, again, to be mindful of your, uh, of your actions. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, 
apart, so other than the diets and uh, the foods, I just want to give you just talk about three main oral complications that can happen from a bad diet. Uh, number one, cavities. Um, it is the most widespread disease worldwide. Um, and yet again, it's not treated usually right at the beginning. Most cases happen when a person gets, you know, has a, a toothache and this is when the treatment is done. And usually this is when it's too late. You know, you either need a root canal or a large filling or a crown. Um, so now the reason, so that's why it's always recommended to go every six months, whether you have pain or not to go see the dentist, because anything small can be fixed right away with a simple filling. Um, so this is for the cavities. Uh, just to also one more thing uh, to prevent the cavities, especially since a lot of us are spending time in front of the computer and at home, you know, there could be a lot of what I call mindless munching. Uh, so you're just sitting and eating for, you know, just for the out of boredom, let's say. So think about it, smart snacking. So resist the urge to, you know, open the fridge and snack frequently all the time, because what's happening is that the more often you eat between your meals, the more likely you're going to introduce acid attacks on your teeth and uh, thus you're gonna give basically bacteria something to work on, the acid forming plaque, and then eventually cavities. So you always, you know, try, if you are going to munch, avoid sugary foods, try to go for raw vegetables or even popcorn, you know, something that uh, is not very sticky, doesn't have a high sugar content, just rinse your water, uh, rinse your mouth with water after and that's it. Another uh, oral complication, which a lot of people tend not to really, uh, take note of this, but I do want to bring it to your attention is bleeding gums. You know, uh, if you have bleeding gums, you usually think, oh, okay, maybe I'm brushing too hard or I must have maybe poked my gums or something like that. But the thing is, let's say, you know, your brushing routine is perfect. You went to your dentist, your dentist told you everything's great. Your oral hygiene is excellent, but your gums are still bleeding. Now, bleeding gums, it could be a sign that there could be an underlying disease happening, um, or for instance, a nutrient deficiency, especially a vitamin deficiency. Um, there are a lot of vitamins that could be involved, but the top three are usually vitamin C deficiency, which can cause bleeding gums. Uh, now, fortunately, in the modern world, uh, vitamin C deficiency is very, very rare because uh, there's a lot you know, there's a lot of fruits that are high in vitamin C and you can take supplements, of course, and that along with vitamin A and E are very good together because they serve as antioxidants. And what they do is that they make your gum healthier. Um, but however, another main culprit for uh, bleeding gums is really vitamin K. And uh, that one, if there is an issue, it needs to be actually treated by a physician. Uh, what happens here with vitamin K is that uh, first of all, it's very important for bone and it's very important for, uh, for blood. So when you have a deficiency in vitamin K, what happens is that your blood does not clot properly. So let's say if you hit your arm or you get a minor bruise, you're going to be bleeding for a while and a lot. So that usually also affects your gum where suddenly, you know, everything's clean and you'll go be brushing your teeth and your gums are just bleeding left and right for no reason. That could be a sign of vitamin K deficiency. And 
deficiency is really vitamin D deficiency. And uh, the thing is, I mean, we always hear vitamin D along with calcium is good for our bone health, but it's also good for your teeth and as well as for your for a balanced gut um, and strong immunity as well. The thing is what happens if you have an imbalance between the bacteria in your mouth as well as in your stomach, you can have chronic inflammation all the time. So this inflammation, what it does is that it affects the vitamin D metabolism, the absorption. So all this to say is that, for instance, you end up with bleeding gums, you have a vitamin D deficiency. However, your intake is fine. You're eating fine. But the issue is that inside your guts, there's something wrong. So you need to start looking into, you know, if you do have bleeding gums, first step is to go check with your dentist. You know, he'll focus on the oral, he or she will focus on the oral hygiene. If that doesn't work, then you'll have to see a doctor because long-term, this is not good for your gums, for your teeth, for your bones, and even for your immunity long-term. And one last thing, the number three oral complication is really uh, bad breath. I mean, you know, walking around with bad breath is not ideal. It's, uh, it's not only detrimental to your health, but it can quite bother the people around you. Um, and for bad breath, there's a few reasons why that happened. And you'll be surprised that not a lot of people uh, see this, but skipping breakfast can be a number one reason why you can have bad breath. Because usually what happens is that think of your saliva, it's the engine oil in your mouth. And it, what it does is that it cleans your mouth, it cleans the esophagus, it cleans your digestive tract. So when you break your fast, you stimulate the saliva production. So your digestive system is pretty much doing its job. But when you don't and you go fasting for a couple of hours or you skip breakfast, the whole process stops. There's an imbalance. And this is why you can have bad breath. You can even have dryness in your mouth. Um, other reasons for that other than skipping breakfast, it, I mean, it's multifactorial. It could be bad oral hygiene, uh, decay, inflamed gums, indigestion problems. There's a lot of factors. So again, I mean, it's, it's being aware of these small things, at least the things that you can control through diet and nutrition. So I hope everything's okay so far. Yeah. All good. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Um, so just to go over a few recommendations, I mean, for sure, you've always, you've probably heard this. I would recommend that you brush your teeth at least twice a day uh, with a fluoride containing toothpaste. Now I do know there's a lot of controversy sometimes with regarding, uh, regarding fluoride, but it is, I mean, your teeth need it to, to, you know, to be strong and healthy for a long time. And when we say like fluoride containing toothpaste, it's very minute the amount that's there. And then also keep in mind that the water in the UAE has almost no fluoride in it. So that's why it's very important to always look into a fluoride containing toothpaste to brush twice, also to floss in between your teeth whether using regular dental floss or into dental clean, uh, cleaners. Um, I would also recommend rinsing your mouth with mouthwash uh, two, three times per week, eating a nutritious and balanced meal always due to the especially high in vitamins, which I mentioned, like it's very important, uh, A, E, K, D, um, as well as D. Um, and yeah, and don't forget to visit your dentist. I mean, even though they are, you know, uh, with small cavities, there's no pain associated, but I always call cavities, they're silent killers. They keep progressing until it sneaks up on you one Thursday night and the pain starts basically, and there's nowhere to go, right? All the offices are closed. So uh, yeah, prevention is key. That's what I always tell my patients and uh, we'll, we'll be open to take any questions. You don't seem so scary to me, Lael. I think I'd come uh, soon. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> 
look, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm scared of going to a dentist myself. So I want it to be an amazing experience every time a patient comes to see me. I was just thinking as you were chatting there and you were talking about some of the different things, you know, how that ties in with your overall health and well-being and the impact it then has on your, your, your teeth as well. And the things that, that I do working with clients and that we look at in terms of nutrition and Mm -hmm. foods that are high in calcium I think so many people think that the foods that are high in calcium are dairy and that's it the only way to get it is having yogurts and drinking milk um, and a lot of people try to avoid dairy because they do have intolerances and mm -hmm. it causes problems as well so it's great that you're explaining that the green leafy vegetables are a really great source of calcium as well that is there, there was another percent yeah um, and I found it fascinating as well about the vitamin d which is a hugely common deficiency, particularly in women. And mm -hmm. majority of women, when they're tested, actually find out that they're deficient in vitamin D and need to take a supplement. No, and uh, it's very surprising. Like it's also, uh, it's not necessarily just the intake. I mean, it's very simple. We just need to be exposed to sunlight for about 15, 20 minutes a day. And we're, you know, there's a lot of sun in this part of the world, but it's just that we tend to avoid it. And yeah. it's very important to start looking into this because especially people that, you know, that put a lot of SPF, I mean, it's recommended for, you know, to prevent skin cancers and all that. But also if you put too much, you're not absorbing vitamin D. This is yeah. another thing. Or if you're not exposing yourself too much to the sun. So you have to look at nutrients at a diet to get your vitamins. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. I really enjoyed that. And I Thank love you. the fact that you take this holistic preventative approach and looking at the reasons, the cause of the problem, rather than just as a dentist, right, I'm going to treat this cavity or I'm going to treat this bad breath with this and you take no, no. it. I, I never enjoyed that, like drill film, yeah. let's go. No, <laughs> it's all about prevention. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. obviously what we do in the, the coaching nutrition field as well. It's looking at the root cause of why you have a problem and what's causing that problem not you know, you go to the doctor because you've got a headache, they're just going to give you paracetamol or tablet, or you've got constipation, so they're going to give you something to help relieve that. Whereas you need to look at the root cause behind the problem to really... Exactly, because it's a, it's a lifestyle change. It's a temporary mm -hmm. solution. You give that pill, you give that rinse for bleeding gums, you do, you know, it's a temporary solution. Yeah. You need to, you, you, as you say, you need to come down to the source of the problem, like why it's happening. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Perfect. So I guess we're going to be taking a few questions and let you, Naveen, maybe take care of the... Uh... <laughs> questions already, if you want to check the chat. I don't know if you can see it on your screen or not. Uh, one moment. Let me see if I can stop sharing. That might help. Okay. Okay. Let me one moment here. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. So... Could do the sugars in fruit damage your teeth as much as sugars such as honey and maple syrup? Um, look, when you look at in terms of the sugars in fruits and then the sugars that come in honey and maple syrup, honey and maple syrup, uh, I mean, they let's say the honey is the healthier uh, sugar, but the thing is it's sticky. There's a sticky component to it. So whenever you're, you're eating it or you're having it with a sandwich, it sticks in between your teeth and it tends to stay there for a long time. And even if you brush and you floss, you need to do that extra effort. So I would say like go for fruits, but again, it's all about, there's no, 
you know, right or wrong here. It's all about balance because with fruits, fine, you can have uh, you know, less sugar in them, but there's also more acid. So again, if you're having a, a, so many fruits all day, a lot of fruit juice, or for instance, you're eating, a, a, you know, snacking on that frequently, just long-term, it's just not good. Again, think about balance. Think about those small tricks that if you have something sweet, if you have a fruit, just rinse with water, create that saliva uh, stimulation, basically. We'll go, I hope that answered. We'll go to the next one. Can you please talk about tongue hygiene? Um, yes, uh, there's that part which uh, I should have mentioned. Thanks for bringing it up. Uh, one thing is that with tongue hygiene, a lot of people tend to forget that there's a lot of bacteria that lives on the tongue. When I say bacteria in the mouth, I mean, it's good and bad bacteria. So I don't want you to freak out, you know, the fact that there's bacteria in your mouth. You want the good bacteria to be there to create this balance, this pH balance in your mouth. But with the tongue hygiene, the thing is we always recommend that you go ahead and brush your tongue with a tongue scraper uh, in order to remove uh, a little bit of that fuzzy layer. What happens that if it stays there for too long, um, in many people, it can start creating bad breath. So just make it also part of your oral hygiene. I'm not, you know, some dentists, they say do it every single day. I would say like maybe do it two, three times a week. What's really important is really flossing on a daily basis or at least four or five times a week and brushing twice a day. Okay. Um, we'll see the next question. Can brushing my teeth too many times a day cause damage? Yes, yes, yes. I need to bring that up because I've seen people that brush really, really hard and their teeth are damaged and they're yellower than they should be. Don't forget, I mean, the tooth enamel, the outer tooth structure is one of the, it is the hardest substance in your body. But when you go ahead, especially with patients coming in and brushing the tongue, I always ask, what's the type of toothbrush that you It should be super soft, what you're using. It's all about the technique. Brushing harder does not make you cavity free. No, you damage your teeth in the long term. So I always say, I mean, go on, you can go on YouTube, proper brushing technique, you know, to circular motion all the time, using a soft toothbrush, going to the gums and always brushing away from the gums in order to avoid recession in the area. Okay. And uh, in terms of, yeah, the number of times per day, I mean, usually it is recommended morning and night. Uh, especially at night before going to bed. If you're going to do it after a meal, I mean, you can go ahead and do it, but if anything, sugar-free gum or rinse with water. I mean, you be your own judge. If it's really high sugar food, sticky food, yes, go ahead and brush. But if it's something light, you can just rinse. All right, next question. I'm using an irrigator to clean between the teeth. In your opinion, is it equally effective as a regular dental floss? Uh, look, I mean, it works. But it can be a little, it is a lot more expensive than regular dental floss. No, I think long term, you'll save a lot more. <laughs> um, look, dental floss, what I like about it is that it's very, it is simple to use once you get the hang of it. And you really, you're able to maneuver exactly where it goes. Now, it just, you know, some people tell me, yeah, I floss and I still see bleeding guns, but it's really the technique. A lot of people tend to get the floss and they just go in, out. This is not the way you're supposed to be using floss. When you use it, you go in and you start going C-shaped along every tooth to really clean in the gap in between the gum and the tooth. So that's very important. Now, and I find this is where the irrigator, okay, it does a good job at cleaning in between, but people with moderate to severe gum disease, it doesn't really get under the gum. 
So that's why I would recommend, I mean, if you can master the technique, get good at getting, you know, at flossing properly, I would probably go for that, but using an irrigator is better than nothing. I hope I'm answering everyone's questions so far. <laughs> okay. Okay, so right, pick Sarah, the next yeah, one. it's yours. Yeah. Yeah. So what foods do you recommend to eat daily to maintain healthy levels of vitamins? So when I talk to people about this, I, when we're talking about fruits and vegetables, I basically say eat the rainbow. You need to be eating every single color. Every single different food has a different function in your body and a different vitamins, different minerals. So we eat green, leafy green vegetables. We eat blue blueberries. We can eat purple, red cabbages and things like that, tomatoes. So every single day we should be trying to eat as wide a variety of those different fruits and vegetables as we possibly can. Um, and whilst eating your five a day is important, if you're eating the same five a day every single day, then you're not gonna be getting that variety of nutrients that you need. Um, and it's not just sort of the fruits and vegetables, we need to be looking at beans and pulses, whole grains, healthy fats, so eating that wide variety of vegetables, but as far as you can, eating fresh, unprocessed foods. Um, and obviously there is occasions when you're going to be eating the other foods and that's absolutely fine. But the vast majority of your diet should be from those, those food groups and should be as unprocessed as possible or as low processed as you can get. Um, and one of the things I suggest to people is looking for foods that have less than five ingredients. Is a, is a top tip. If they've got more than five ingredients, then you've generally got a lot of chemicals that are gonna have negative effects on your body. Um, this is a good one, which is the best natural source of vitamin K? Dr. <laughs> might know better than me, but I would say leafy greens. <laughs> yes, I'm 100% with you. Leafy yeah. greens is pretty much the best. And especially with like, if you have them raw or not necessarily like, you know, if you're having steamed vegetables, it's always recommended not to go ahead and uh, steam them or boil them too much because you'll remove the nutrients from them. So that would pretty much be that. I mean, it is also found in fish, eggs, meat as well, but the easiest would be the green leafy vegetables. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, but, and yeah. the darker, the better, right? So a bit exactly. of, <laughs> a bit of <laughs> in your McDonald's burger probably isn't going to do <laughs> to be going for the spinach and the kale the dark yeah. leafy greens. <laughs> mm -hmm. 100%. Um, uh, please chat about hormonal weight gain and its relationship to certain foods or that there are specific foods to eat or not eat. <sighs> Again, this is, a, this is a very difficult one. It's highly complex and it's highly individual. It depends on your stage of life. It depends on your family history, on your genetics. There's no simple answer that's gonna work for absolutely everybody. Um, and as a woman, I know of different stages in my life, my weight has fluctuated as a result of hormonal changes. And I've had to make changes to reflect that, you know, when I'm 17, 18, I could pretty much eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. I probably wasn't very healthy on the inside, but it didn't have an effect particularly on my weight. And the older I've got, the more of effect those foods have had on my weight. So... I don't think there's one specific food or one specific group of foods that I would recommend that everybody takes out for hormonal weight gain. I think it really needs to be looked at on a very individual basis and what's working for you. And I think very much focusing on having a 90% of those natural unprocessed food groups and enjoying the other foods whenever you want and certainly not restricting yourself in any way. 
Um, Sarah, could you share your view on the blood group diet? Oh, another difficult one. <laughs> Not something I've tried personally. I know various celebrities have done it. I've heard it talked about an awful lot. Um, I think, yes, it maybe works for some people, but again, it's based around restriction and telling you what you can and you can't eat based on your particular blood group. And for me, the idea of restricting your diet in any way is not necessarily helpful. You're taking things out and your, your body's, you're gonna crave the things that you can't have. It's just completely natural. Right now we want to get outside because we can't get outside. We were told we could go outside and we couldn't stay inside, then that's what we'd want. You know, it's, it's how we are as human nature. So I much prefer to take away the restriction and have a more intuitive approach to eating listening to your body and figuring out what works for you personally. And I don't think you necessarily need your blood group to work that out. I think you can figure for yourself, maybe with some coaching and with some help and talking through it with somebody who can help you analyze it exactly what works for you. Okay. That's my difficult questions over to you, Dr. Leo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So we'll take this one. I've got some damage to my teeth. If I have amazing oral hygiene from now on, can I stop any more damage happening? Now, um, I did mention at the beginning that tooth enamel, it does not grow back. It does not regenerate. So for instance, you know, if you hit your arm, you break a bone, you know, you get a bruise, eventually it's going to heal. The bone microfracture, it's going to heal. However, with tooth enamel, unfortunately, it is the hardest substance in the body. But the thing is, once the damage is done, it's done. And it's only going to progress. Now, depending on the size of the damage, I mean, your tooth, it comes in different layers. So if the damage is still restricted within the first layer of the tooth, you could be okay with amazing oral hygiene. You know, but still, do your cleanings every six months do your checkups and your dentist will be able to see if that cavity progresses into the second layer, you know, deeper into the first and then into the second layer. No, treat it at that point so that it stays, you know, encompassed in that area versus it progressing even more. And eventually the pain starts when, when the cavity is already in the nerve. So this is when you've probably heard stories about root canal treatments and, you know, and crowns and all that. You don't want it to get to that point. So the only thing, as I told, I'd recommend if you do, see the cavities that's usually not a good sign when you can, they're quite visible have them fixed keep your amazing oral hygiene and that's it you could be set for life that way okay uh, can we reverse tooth damage uh, i i think i kind of answered that with the previous uh, question no once once the damage is done it's done it needs to be fixed um, and the last question we're going to take, does teeth whitening, brightening damage teeth? Um, look, I mean, there's a lot of controversy regarding uh, teeth whitening procedures. It really depends on the amount of whitening that you're going for. A lot of people think by doing the whitening strips or that uh, UV light or the high smile that you can get a very bright smile. Uh, you need to be careful. Uh, always check with your dentist first because, for instance, people that have enamel erosion or weak enamel, what happens is that the whitening agent doesn't work very well. So uh, you can cause more damage in the long run. Other people, it doesn't work. They might need to go for like the Hollywood smile or the make, you know, the porcelain veneer 
years. So always check with your dentist first. Um, whether they damage or not, I mean, if you use a low dose type of whitening product, low peroxide, you could be okay, especially like the Crest whitening strips. I personally use them every couple of months. They work fine for me. Uh, but if you're excessively using them all the time, no, they will be creating uh, damage because it's peroxide at the end of the day. So always, I'd always recommend, I mean, check with your All right. All right. Thank okay. you. I have to say, Dr. Leal, you're a great advert for good teeth. Your teeth are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, you got to represent the profession, right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for attending. And if you have any questions, I mean, you could always, uh, you know, contact me directly on my Instagram profile, The Tooth Hub. Again, I mean, I try to not be scary for my patients. It's all about, you know, them being approachable and about, you know, oral education, oral awareness at the end of the day. Well, you come across very friendly, so. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. It's been great. Um, guys, if anybody has any other questions or you have a more personal question that you did not want to share on the... Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, and I really hope you did, please take a few minutes to add a star rating and a review. Please also share with your friends who you think may find this useful. Have a fabulous day ahead.